Here's y'all's notes for today. Aren't y'all excited? Um, I want to try to bring this series to close. And uh, we've been... We've been on this thing about being on the other side of the street, and and we've we've been learning how some people were able to do things that we wouldn't ever see ourselves doing until I give you y'all know those things right there at your crosswalk, and you got those signs that says "Walk and Do Not Walk," and then y'all couldn't understand how people could do those type of things that we were finding in the word that people done until I put the walk sign on and you walked over and got on their side of the street. Then you started to realize, well, hey, wait a minute. Maybe they aren't as bad as I thought they were. <laughs> right? And we've looked at we've looked at several different people. And uh last week we we looked at Jesus and uh, talked a little bit about John but or Paul, but we looked at Jesus' most part of how he was able to do what he done. Now I see where this is all just, it just kind of went, just like this, it kind of went, went into a jar, all of it together. And I didn't plan it out this way. It, those of you that know me, I can't plan week, to, I, I can't plan out five weeks. I, it doesn't happen with me. Um, but now it's all coming together and now I know this is the conclusion so this will be the end um, of this series but last week we talked about Jesus and, and how Jesus was able to go through and do what he done and how we were like man could we have ever done and how could I ever be that committed and, and walk through my life in such a manner that Christ was able to do it. And we found out that he didn't, he didn't walk day by day. He, he, he walked according to what was before him. You know what was before him, right? It was you. That's how he was able to finish his deal out. Because he looked down the street and he seen you. Boy, God, please give us that kind of love for one another that we would be able to do something so resounding. Just by looking and seeing somebody else in a spot that you wouldn't want to be in, and yet you were able to walk out a walk. Come on, are you with me? That you, that you were able to walk out that profession. Right? I'm saved. So instead of looking at the hooker, instead of looking at the drug addict or the alcoholic, uh-oh, here's an elephant. Instead of looking at the homosexual, I'm not, listen, Jesus did not condone the sins. 
okay? But he challenged them in such a way that would cause them to lift themselves. But we will challenge the one in sin before we challenge their spirit. See, we don't want to give people, we don't want to give people the word of God. I'm not talking about the form and the fashion that you're used to. I'm talking about we don't want to give them the word of God out of love and compassion and mercy and grace. I'm not saying you condone it. Because I will tell you if you're wrong. Who am I to tell you that you're wrong? Who are you to tell me that I'm wrong? Now listen, I don't want nobody going out of here, grabbing their Bible and going to the mall and popping people in the head and telling them how wrong they are, okay? I am kind of like this. The Bible says to go and preach the Gospels and make disciples. The Apostle Paul would say to if anyone would preach a gospel different than what I'm preaching to you, you basically rebuke that and they'll be cursed. Okay? And the reason that Paul is putting it out there because Paul understood the gospel. Now we're talking about a man that was brought up. All right, now y'all going to have to stay here. Brought up in the Old Testament. Y'all remember Saul, okay? Saul is Old Testament. Paul, Paul is New Testament. Saul persecuted Christians. Kind of like how we do sinners. Not going to like me this morning. But I'm trying to get you on the other side of the street. If you would be so Christianized that you would present the gospel in such a manner that you would be allowing the goodness of God to woo that sinner and allow him to do his job because it's not your job to save anybody. I don't want you dying on the cross for me because you're going to do it in vain because your blood ain't good enough. Come on, somebody. We've gotten tied up in how we present the gospel. We have tied it up according to traditions. And we have said that you can't do this unless you do that. And you can't be here unless you be there. And you can't. Come on. Oh, let's pick on religion this morning. But it's going to be okay. Uh, let's go to the first. Let's, Tommy. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to Matthew first. We'll do that one first, I guess. Or do I want to do? Take me to Luke, Tommy. Let's do Luke fifteen. 
Um, and I'm probably going to... There's just something I'm going to hit here, and then we'll move. I'm just going to paraphrase, um, for the most part, this story. Everybody knows this account that took place. This is about the prodigal. Okay, and this was the younger son coming to his father. He demanded his inheritance now. Okay, there's a lot. There's a lot of truth in behind this, and there's a lot of principle that we can dig out of this. But for the most part, this is what I want you to get because too many times we will go through. Dang, going, man, my mind's just bam. All right, chapter fifteen, all of it, all of chapter fifteen. Okay are the parables. There's three parables. Okay. How do I want to... All right. These three parables, all three of these go together. Okay? If you read one and not read the other two, you're just basically preaching some principles that you can learn out of it. But in order to get exactly what Jesus is talking about here in these parables, you have to read all three. It's the lost sheep, it's the lost coin, and it's the lost son. Okay? Those are the three parables. They all deal with one thing. I'm going to summarize that one thing up out of this parable. And the son said to him, this is verse 21. This is kind of, the, the son's gone out. He's done his thing. He, he took what he wasn't supposed to have at that time. He was able to get it. And when he got it, he messed it up. <laughs> don't ask for a loaded weapon if you don't know how to handle it. Quit asking for things of maturity when you're still immature. Don't ask for meat when you can't swallow mashed potatoes. This is what happened. This child was not, he was not ready for this. And it's proven right here. And it's like many of us, we... We are so tied up in our prayers that we're asking God for things, and he's sitting back and go, JT, but boy, let me tell you something. If I open that door right now, you'd blow your mind. You can't handle it. I've got to lead you. There's a process to the promise. All right. Verse 21. This is after the sun is gone, after he went to work for this farmer. He was working in a pig pen. He was eating what the pigs would eat. And then finally, one day, he fell out of bed. He bumped his head, and he had a great idea. Why can't I just go back to Dad's house? The servants there have it better than I do, okay? This is where we're at. Verse 21, and the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I love this. But the father said to his servants, 
Did y'all catch that? The son said, I've sinned against you, Daddy, and I'm no longer. The dad didn't even recognize that statement, immediately turned to his servants and said, go get it. The fatted calf, a ring, the robe, the sandals, go get it. We go have a party. Aren't you glad that your daddy won't listen to 90% of what comes out your mouth? Come on. I know Christians didn't like that. The religious folk hated that. He hears every word I pray. You better be, you better hope he don't. And be thankful that he missed a few statements. He doesn't really miss, but y'all know where I'm coming from. And he said, y'all bring them out here and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Let us be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now his older son in the field he didn't know his brother had come home. He's coming back home from being in the field, and he hears, he hears the boys putting it out on the floor, right? He's got the DJ up there, right? Turning a couple of vinyls, right? Hitting it. And he comes back, what's going on? The service said, your brother's back. Boy, I wish I could get all y'all real close because this is going to be a toe curler. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. Because one of your brothers sinned. And they come back. And you can't get over the fact that he sinned because you're so good. You know, you got the closet full of white robes. Your brother's got all the black ones. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you. You ever said that? God, that guy's not even saved. He ain't saved. He don't go to church and he ain't tithing. He got a better route than I got. Oh, come on. Walk with me for a minute. Walk with me for a minute. Y'all with me? How'd they, how they get a raise? How did they get? I'm better than. I've been here for. Come on, Christian. Walk with Jesus for a minute. I love it when Jesus talked because he, he ain't pulling the punches. He said, I never transgressed or command, or I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Boy, wasn't he boastful. And yet you never gave me a young goat. You spiteful. That I may make merry with my friends. 
but as soon as this son of your oh, as soon as this son of yours not my brother he disowned him we are quick to exile a fallen Christian all because they got hooked and tangled into something and they done went and done something they probably shouldn't have done and while they wallowed in it they came to themselves and went whoa wait a minute wrong place this ain't working out and when they try to boy when they try to come back into the foe this is how we greet them at the door seen you for so long where you been you need a visitor card (laughs) and the whole time That person's been worked over all morning at their home. God, I know where I'm supposed to be, but God, I'm going to go and and the whole time God's being comforting as he always is. I says, listen to me. Come back. Just come back. I'm going to trust you this time. And come back into one church and hit the front door. I, that's not what she do. <laughs> Lord Jesus. See, I got, we need to put a disclaimer out there that not everything is factual. That ain't going to sound right. Don't put that out there either. As soon as they walk through the door, somebody, some, jokingly, half-heartedly, instead of just saying, good to see you, man, God, I missed you. We got to say something. Where you been, man? I thought you'd have fell off the boat, you know? Maybe he was like Peter and he stepped off. And you, never mind. Um, <laughs> ouch. And we despise. We despise. We're so angry. We won't even sit with them. Won't talk to them. Won't communicate with them. Won't love on them. Won't pray with them. Won't ask them how they've been. Won't. And you, the church, expect them to come back. Knowing good and well that if it were you, you'd take a one-way ticket on the next bus ride. Yes, you would. I would. I'm just telling you I will. Because I'm just telling you where I'm. 
some of my faults, some of my fallacies. Sometimes I let people cause me to step off a path. I know you don't, but I do. I didn't put on my white one, I put on my blue one. But he was mad, he was angry, and said, as soon as your son who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, <laughs> why can't he just left that out? Why do you got to know about the man business? You killed a fatted calf for him. This whole parable in and by itself is about this guy. Please tell me that you're not that guy. That you've done so much good. Nobody deserves anything over or before you. That you've been so right that you're going to prove it to others where they're wrong. Y'all not them people. That's good. That's good. Because y'all don't argue with one another to prove who's right and who's wrong. Because that, that never enter your mind. Right, baby? Huh? That never, never come up. Not even with Google. You're wrong. No, I'm not. Google said. I, never mind. Let's leave it alone, Rocky. Leave it alone. Now, Tommy, take me to Matthew. Y'all just hang on, okay? Y'all remember this, these parables and what these parables tend to. It's, it's talking about a lost son coming back into the fold, okay? And there, there's a cost. There, there, there's a requirement when one is lost. It causes the one that lost it to do something, Okay? Matthew 5:17 Do not think that I've come to destroy the law or the prophets. Now, this is Jesus talking and when Jesus is talking, this is on the mount, the the sermon on the mount. When Jesus is talking and he talks about the prophets and the law, he's talking about the Old Testament. Okay? He's talking about everything that has been written. He said, don't think that I've come to destroy that because I haven't, okay? I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. For assuredly, I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will not be, will not by no means pass from the law till it is fulfilled. He came to fulfill that. Whoever... Therefore, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so. Now, he, he's taking a shot right here. He just, he just prodded the cattle. He stuck the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the side with an electronic prod. He said, here's one for y'all. Whoever, therefore, breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches men so shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does and teaches them, now he poked them, he drew attention to him. Whoever does and teaches them, whoever does the law, whoever does follow them out and not fail them, 
and teaches others to do so, he shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Who is Jesus' name? King of kings, Lord of lords, right? He sits high on the throne. Okay. Just hang on. Where y'all? Where are you taking me with this one? Just hang on a minute. Go to Second Corinthians twelve. This is Paul. Remember, Paul had a thorn. That thorn is a weakness. It's an imperfection. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses. He made that plural. Well, there's another answer. Of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with my weaknesses. Insults. Hardships. Oh, come on. Paul's putting a list out here for you. Persecutions and calamities. He put it all out there. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, Tommy, did that come out of ESV? Okay. So that y'all didn't get lost. Typically, I'm doing New King James. I've done this for a reason when we are talking about how in the world this father now I'm, I'm taking you back to the parable and we want to know how this father was capable of receiving a son that had taken and squandered everything that he had given him left home and returned the audacity how dare you come back? Right? Come on, that's in your mind. That's it. Come on. It's in your mind. How did that man do what he done with his child? He made it up in his mind that no matter what, I'm not going to rely on what you do. I'm going to rely on who you are. I love you for your position, not your condition. Your position is you're a child of the king. See, I got to love you even if I don't. Right? Tell them they don't like to hear that. 
So we're sitting here trying to figure out how in the world did all this go on? And the other son comes running in. And the first thing he wants to say is everything that he's done. It's not because of who I am to you. It's everything that I've done for you and to you. I deserve. Too many times as Christians, man, we, we think and feel that we deserve. Guys, you're, you're that far. You're that far from not being tomorrow who you are today. Don't think you're self-exempt. Because here's the problem. We all have this thing that we fight about what we do and if we're doing it well enough or if we're good enough or if we've done enough. Come on, everybody. I'm talking to every one of you sitting here because we all, I'm picking on my sister. You clean it, but it ain't clean enough. Come on. Come on. Right? Eric, he's saying, but he ain't saying good enough. Well, I don't know if you have a problem with that or not, but are you with me? It's all about what I can do. And if I do it well enough, then I should be recognized for doing it well enough. That takes us to Old Testament living. Because the Old Testament, when, when Jesus was talking on the mount, he told them, unless you do it above and beyond what the Pharisees and Sadducees do, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. So he was basically saying, okay, guys, listen. Y'all need to listen because I'm dropping this on you because you all think it's about what you do, and I'm telling you it's going to be about what I've done. So I've got to prepare you in order for you to do what I'm asking you to do. So get away from the other 600 laws. He, he even broke it down. He talked about the Pharisees and the Sadducees going out on the corners in the streets and praying so that others could see them and perceive them. I mean, see, they set such a standard that other people always felt, well, I, would, I can never be that perfect. I can't be that. You're exactly right. Man, I can see as some of the people, probably Peter, sitting beside Jesus going, Jesus, man, can't nobody be perfect? How am I supposed to be perfect? And that's where we start falling from the faith because we perceive ourselves to have to be perfect in order to be saved. The Bible says by faith and faith alone. You can't add to that. When you add to that, man, it's like putting... I don't know, something. <laughs> putting something in something that ain't supposed to be there. I'm not a cook. I just know when you put some stuff in something, it don't taste right. 
Just don't put it in there. Right? Always tell when they've done something different. <laughs> I love brownies. Brownies is my favorite food. And she's going to try to sneak me. And don't, listen, don't y'all try baking me brownies because I don't want to hurt your feelings. Okay? I'm just, listen, I'm, I'm helping you out. Don't cook me brownies because they're not going to taste as good as Lisa's. Then you're going to come back to me and you're going to expect me to lie to you <laughs> and tell you that they're better than my sister's and they're not going to be, sweetheart, because I have a taste for my sister's brownies. Well, she decided to be evil. And she going to make some kind of Weight Watcher something cut your calorie brownie and give it to me. As soon as I bit into it, what would you do to this? I didn't get give it to me. Right? Huh? See what I mean? I bet you do. She do too. But let's leave that alone. Let's just leave it alone. Jesus is talking, man, how did I get on a brownie? I must be hungry, boy. Whew, Jesus, bring me back. We are so concerned about being perfect. And Jesus, the whole time, is telling us, you don't have to be. I was. Oh, I'm... It's going to be my intent. I'm going to be intentional. I'm going to push you out of Old Testament living. I'm going to put, I will push you. I will burn you out of it. I will drag you out of it. I will beat you out of it to bring you into New Testament resting. Can you get with me for a minute? Do you not know that you can't die and go to heaven without Jesus Christ? Do you not know that? Do you not understand that? You are not righteous because you came to church today. And this brother's going to come back and the first thing, start throwing stones at his boy. While he's been out there with them hookers, they wrote it in the Bible. He said, well, he's been out there with them hookers. I've been here. I've been plowing fields. I've been picking wheat. I've been on the threshing floor. I've done it all. And you ain't even give me a, a goat, whatever he called it. What in the world are we doing? When he's talking about this thing about being perfect, it's not until we are perfect. I don't know where Tommy's at. Tommy, you still in Luke? Or did you did you leave me? Or did I leave you? I might have left you. It's okay. It's not what I wanted to. This is what you get, man, when you got that for, okay? When he's talking about being perfect, for he said in verse 20, this is in Matthew, sorry, Matthew 5 and verse 24, I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and fairies, you will by no means 
enter the kingdom of heaven. You, in our mind, in our perception, we believe them to be holy of holy. We come to church, we believe the pastor to be holy of holy. Can I tell you there ain't nothing sacred about this? There ain't nothing sacred about this. It's some, it holds my Bible, my glasses. I put power pills in my pocket. It's got my water. That's what that's meant for. Ain't nothing about it sacred. So if I'm preaching God's word and I'm preaching it out here, it's the same as if it was if I'm preaching it here. And here's the catch. Here's the catch. Man, listen, this is why I needed God to talk to me so much this morning. You don't need to strive to be perfect because you're not. And you won't be. Because <laughs> my whole thing is, God, what can I do? Got to be able to do something different. Got to do something better. Come on, you, when life ain't going the way you want it, you assume, well, I don't know. I better be careful with that because, okay, we got two pieces of Christians. We got one Christian that assume if everything in their life is going bad, they ain't doing something right. Then you got the other piece of the Christian that when ain't nothing going good in their life, it's everybody else's problem but their own. Right? So I'm going to go, what, what can I do? God be able to do something better, something bigger, something more grand. That's it. Something more grand. He said, me hanging ain't grand enough. Me raising myself from the dead, that ain't good enough. You got to do something. Come on, see, I'm just telling you what the pastor's hearing. See, y'all don't want to hear some of the stuff the pastor's hearing because every once in a while, the pastor gets taken out behind the barn too and he gets paddled. Oh, and he did give me a couple names to take out behind the barn after church. I got them written down. I'll be getting with you later. <laughs> That's how loving my God is. He said, I don't want you to take all the pain. We got to let somebody else. I'm joking. Y'all lighten up, please. Y'all get stiff. You make me nervous. And, and, and this is my attempt. I want to give you who I am in Christ the best I can, and it's not perfect. So what I'm doing is setting you up to let you know that you're not perfect either. So stop trying to stone. Never mind. I'm Get off of that. We have to stop striving to be perfect. If we walk in love, we are walking properly. If you're walking to achieve, you're walking improperly. I'm just, I'm trying to help somebody. This is not about how good you can appear 
before God and others. Because you're going to fool me some of the time. Not all the time. Talk to you about five minutes. I can probably see y'all go give me a start. Pastor, it's been three minutes. I got to go. I don't want you hearing everything. Got to go. But we are trying so hard to achieve things that we are incapable of achieving. And no matter if you're good enough and bad enough to get to that point of achievement, it still ain't enough to get done what needs to get done in order for you to become what God intended you to be in the first place. This thing of perfect has like the, the picture word of a, of, a, of a caterpillar coming into a butterfly. That, that would be the picture word of perfect in this case. Now listen, I'm, I ain't going to stay here all day with you. I'm, I'm almost done. It's only two. It's only two, two o'clock. She looking at me like, eh, what that mean? <laughs> Is the butterfly perfect? No. So how does this picture word go along with perfect? Well, let's think about it for a moment. A caterpillar is crawling around those little fuzzy things and kind of weird some people out. But a butterfly, man, nobody's scared of a butterfly. Just beautiful, graceful, and only lives a matter of, I, I don't even know if they live a whole year, do they? I, I'm not, it's just a matter of, I know you know, how long do they live? Okay, a couple months, see, I'm, don't check him. He'll hurt your feelings. Don't check him. Just telling you. So they live, they go through this strenuous, prolonged process to become perfected, only to die a couple months later. Wow. How about Jesus? What did he go through to become perfected? But he became what he was, and that was perfect. Okay? He, he didn't transform because he was already everybody he needed to be all wrapped up in one. It was like, it was like that jar of prego. It's in there. Right? right? So this butterfly, in order to go from this caterpillar to this butterfly, it goes into a cocoon process, and then this butterfly comes out. Perfect, but imperfected. All right. <laughs> Perfect has the same meaning of losing or giving yourself up, giving yourself away, doing away with yourself. Hang on. So, when, man, when Jesus talked Jesus talk out of his mouth and just blew our mind, and we still didn't understand most of it. I mean, that dude was just intelligent. The whole time I'm thinking perfect is perfect. And perfect don't mean perfect. Perfect means imperfection. <laughs> so what am I doing? 
I'm having, as I become perfect, as I mature, still relating to perfect, you're, you're maturing. As I mature and as I become perfect, I am doing away with me. So when I'm walking an Old Testament life, I'm in the state of immaturity. Remember we discussed the laws on Wednesday? You, you meat eaters, remember that on Wednesday? We discussed the law. When we're in the Old Testament, our life is about what we do and don't do. Jesus is trying to perfect us that what he done is all we need. We are perfect in our imperfections because he said it's in your weaknesses that my strength becomes made or is made perfect in your weaknesses. So we, listen, this is the whole thing about how we're able to walk out a walk that we didn't consider that we were capable of doing. Because you're still tied up in religion. You're still tied up in the Old Testament lifestyle. And baby, you're in a New Testament. You're in a New Testament. You are the New Testament. And if you continue to walk out this life based on your accolades and everything that you can hang on the wall and all the money you can make and all the friends you got and the parties and the woohoos and the ha-has and everything else, guess what? What I want you to do is to learn how to walk on the other side of the street of Christendom. Because we all are standing on this side and we're looking over there and we're saying that Christendom needs to be walked out in that manner. Christendom has to have that put in it. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. Because if you do, you're not a saved saint. You're not this. You're not that. And over here the whole time, you're not doing it either. Man, it's hard to walk what you preach. See, that's why I got that's why I got to put my weaknesses on the table. There, there are some mentors out there and some of the bigger names that would probably tell me, Rocky, don't you allow your congregation to get too close into your weaknesses. I think they're wrong. Because here's the deal. If I don't leave a skeleton in my closet for you to find, you ain't got nothing on me. You ain't, you're not telling that person something they ain't already heard me say. See, I'm going to cancel the devil. I'm going to, uh-uh, not today. So the weaker I am, 
the more perfect I become. All because of him. Don't be a perfectionist. Be a Christ follower. I mean, this just what little bit that I was able to get into this morning with him outside of myself. <laughs> he taught me a lot. Rest in me. Don't walk in this. None of this over here is going to get you to heaven. The only thing the Old Testament was meant for was to point us to Christ. That's the only thing. The Old Testament wasn't about King David. King David would probably tell you if you were able to sit and talk to him, he'd probably tell you, dude, that had nothing to do with me. I was just... What Christ was in the New Testament, I was in the Old Testament. When I fought Goliath, that was Christ killing the sins off. It wasn't about Abraham. It wasn't about Moses. It wasn't about Jacob. Who else you got out there? Mephibosheth? Huh? Lot? Job? It wasn't about none of them. It was to draw your attention to Christ. And before you go looking at others because of their fallacies and be judgmental, man, you need to look at some of the people that God used to bring forth Jesus. Oh, boy, have y'all ever gone through the bloodline? Have you looked at the 42 generations? I mean, we got hookers, adulterers, drunks. And we got it all wrapped up. And the man with no sin <laughs> became sin for us. <laughs> this ain't about you. It's about him. And if you'll learn to rest in him, listen, I'm not trying to, I'm, I don't want y'all getting confused because there, there's, a, there's a nasty gospel that's out there. And it's, I don't like it. Because people use it as a card to do whatever it is they want. And on that card, it's written in big, bold, blue letters, and it says grace. That doesn't free you. The Bible says that if you do not what you know to do, that's a sin. And if you do what you ain't supposed to do, come on, you see, you got to, all I can, man, all I want to do is help you get over here. Man, if I, can, if I can get you to understand that everything that you're able to achieve in Christendom, faith, Reliant upon Jesus Christ. There is nothing else added. 
No ingredients needed. It all comes in the box. Oh, it all comes in the box. Never mind. If you ain't here on Wednesday, it's your problem. I'm going to push Wednesday because they let me get free. Um, okay. So that's where I'm at. I just think that we walk too many too many trials and problems and troubles. Man, we, we walk it out trying to perfect ourselves and the only way that we can perfect ourselves is get away from ourselves. And see, I've put this out and I've heard people tell me, don't tell people about your lack of theology. Why? What I learn, I learn through the Holy Spirit, and I'm not ashamed of it. I'm just not. I'm not against all the other stuff. I was just real concerned at one time in my life that if I allowed man to break down theology to me, then I would be preaching man's theology. That's just me. Listen, that's my weakness. It's not yours. You don't have to live it. Okay? I enjoy it the way God gives it to me. I'm not ashamed of that. I'm just not. Because I don't have to worry about meeting your expectation, brother. It is a good thing. Because y'all put stuff up there, man, that you can't even achieve. And you want, you want me to walk on water? Well, come on, big mouth. Jump off a boat. I hope this series has done something for you like it's done for me. I just never looked at crucify me later. I just never looked at your side. I looked at my side. I tell you how I see it. Good example. Remember the tomb? I'm done. I'm done. Remember the tomb where Jesus was in? There was a picture that I used on, a, on an Easter sermon. And it was about a different perspective. And how the stone was rolled, and it wasn't rolled so that Jesus could get out. It was so that you could get in. Okay? But this is what happens. If you're standing on the outside of a cave and you're looking in, all you see is This is why I know there ain't no gray area, so don't come to me with it. You look inside the tomb, it's all black. It's dark. You go inside the tomb, and you're doing a face, and all you see is light. 
It depends on what side of the street you own about what you're going to see. Listen, if you're standing on this side of the street and everything you see is doom and gloom, get on the other side of the street, the light's on. <laughs> and turn around and look at it from this side. 